And hello, my friends. It is so nice to see your smiling faces again. Or I suppose in the case that this is a podcast, so maybe it's so nice to hear your smiling ears, I guess. So let me be a little candid with you here at the beginning. As you may know, I put out an episode last Friday that I pulled down about eight hours later, having heard like the worst episode that I had ever done, or let's just say pretty close to the worst. After all, I I have so many to choose from in my worst episode collection, probably more than I want to know. I know some of you might have heard it before I could take it down and If you did unfortunately hear that episode, my apologies, and I do have psychiatrists standing by to help you get through your PTSD from listening to it. So just dial 1-800-JOEY-IS-A-MORON, and they are standing by 24-7. Let me just say this. You know, I'm trying to stick to a schedule of getting a podcast out every week and getting a video out every week. And I have gotten them out every week, not necessarily on Fridays. Some in the case of this one come out on Saturday. But what happened last week is I really wanted the episode to be out on Friday. And I was depressed. I've shared with you folks that I'm bipolar And that was on the lower end there. That's what happens to me. If you listen to me talk, you will kind of hear like a monotone, depressed kind of talk. And the content was just all over the fucking place. So um, please do excuse that. And I put out a different episode to try to make up for that last time. But in today's episode, I will be concluding the 10 suggestions for having a longer, more vibrant life. We did the first three suggestions in part one, and here we conclude with the other seven points. This recording is from a vintage episode of my Beginner Diet and Fitness Show podcast, which is now on an extended hiatus. But I really liked this episode. I really thought it was something that could benefit both myself and you. I think it's still very timely. However, please be aware that this was done long before we even had the inkling or thought that a worldwide pandemic would be possible in the near future. So, of course, please realize that social distancing has to be factored into any info that you get these days. I do want to announce what I hope will be a huge new concept for my show, as well as the potential for a whole new experience. If you love my show, don't worry. It will be staying the same. It will just have a great new edition, I hope. And I will announce that in a separate short message podcast on Tuesday, June 1st. I'll remind you as we get closer. The title of today's episode is Life Enhancing Habits Conclusion. I am Joey Hernandez. Thank you for joining me today. 
AdamMail.com has partnered with an older gay guy show to bring you the finest in all things sexual. From lube and condoms to sex toys that could have been invented by Dr. Frankenstein himself. AdamMail.com has everything you could possibly need for out-of-this-world orgasms. And as a listener of this show, AdamMail.com is offering you a special deal. You can get 50% off almost any one item, and that includes free shipping right to your door. Go to AdamMail.com and check out their amazing inventory. And then be sure to use the discount code AOGGS, which stands for an older gay guy show, AOGGS at checkout to get your special savings. AdamMail has got you covered. And now, gentlemen, without any further ado, here is the conclusion of life-enhancing habits. Number four is sleep. We are a sleep-deprived society. We work too much. We probably, in some ways, play too much. But what we're not doing is we're not sleeping enough. And naturally, as we age... We need less sleep and we are able to sleep less. That's the way the body seems to go. So a lot of people are having sleep problems these days. Coupled that with medication and caffeine and Ritalin and Adderall and all kinds of things that are out there that change our natural sleep patterns. We've gotten away from rest and deep REM sleep and it's so important. You should get at least six to nine hours of REM sleep per night, a minimum of six hours. And this is something I want you to discuss with your doctor also. If you are the kind of person that is used to sleeping four or five hours and you say, that's absolutely fine, I function fine on four or five hours, do mention it to your doctor. Let your doctor decide if that's okay for you. Your doctor is going to know the long-term effects of what's going to happen. And on the other end of the spectrum, the nine hours, some people just need more sleep. I'm the kind of person that I like to sleep about six to seven hours at night, and then I like to take an hour nap in the afternoon. My schedule allows me to do that, and I function best that way. Naps are a wonderful thing, and this is number five, is to take one hour nap in the middle of the day if possible. Other countries have times literally where the shops will close for an hour in the afternoon, hour, hour and a half, two hours, where they will enjoy a nice leisurely lunch and they will be able to rest, the siesta, if you will, in certain countries. That makes a lot of sense to do. It gives your body a little recharge. If you were deficient in the nighttime sleep, that little nap of an hour or so, or less if necessary, half hour, 20 minutes. That's going to give your body a little extra battery charge where you're going to be able to focus better, be more productive, and make sure that you get enough sleep in a 24-hour period. Number four, sleep six to nine hours a night. Number five, try to take an hour nap a day if possible. 
And by the way, most countries that have long living citizens, certain areas that are called the blue zones of the world, where they're trying to study the lifestyles of people, their diet, their exercise, their outlook, their uh, professions, all the factors that can lead to a longer or shorter life. These blue zones have longer lives, and most of the people in these areas, in these other countries, they're not the United States, they're other countries, do take naps. So there's something going on there that's, that's good. Number six is to limit alcoholic beverages. I'm not going to say don't drink. And if you've been someone that drinks and you've been following various studies or the news little bulletins about things that are going on with studies with alcohol, it's always up and down of whether or not you should drink anything at all, if you should stay away from it, if you should drink something in moderation compared to not drinking at all, if red wine is better for you than hard alcohol. Um, there's all these different studies, and unfortunately, it goes up and down constantly. There's no universal agreement over what should be done. So again, I point you to your physician for this, but my personal my personal belief is I've tried living my life for a year or two years at a time with absolutely no alcohol. And I certainly lived my life in periods where I would go out partying and I would have multiple drinks in a night. And looking at both of those extremes, I decided that probably the best thing is the happy medium, taking the middle road, trying to find balance. I personally find it harder with alcohol to find balance than almost any other thing in my life. Where work and play is concerned, I can find balance. Where my diet is concerned with getting nutritious foods compared to comfort fast foods, I can find balance. The thing that I do at times struggle with is alcoholic beverages. I often am nervous when I go out into social situations, which causes me to drink fairly quickly because I have something in my hand and I, I drink and, you know, and what that has done is it ends up catching up with you. you know, after you have a number of drinks fairly quickly and now you can slow down because you're starting to feel the effects of the alcohol. Unfortunately, it's so easy to forget that the ones you've pounded down in the last couple of hours have yet to really affect you yet. So my personal belief is to limit alcoholic beverages to seven per week. That is my personal choice. And I do no more than two per day. So seven total for a week, two per day. And I do try to have red wine when possible in those drinks because the studies seem to indicate at this particular moment that red wine can be more beneficial to you than other alcoholic beverages. That may change. Things are constantly changing. We're probably going to find out that oxygen is bad for us in a couple of years, for all we know. But right now, studies are saying that red wine is slightly better for you because of the, the nutrients that are in it. So alcoholic beverages, seven per week, no more than two a day. That is my personal choice. And once again, run it by your physician. If there's history of alcoholism in your family, if you have stress on your liver already because of medications, 
a number of things. Your physician may say no alcohol for you. Or your physician may say if you haven't been drinking alcohol at all, you know, you have a, a, a condition that could benefit from one glass of wine per night. Talk to your physician about it. Have a dialogue about alcoholic beverages. Number seven of the ten, easy one, you've heard it a million times, stop smoking tobacco. Now, there's going to be a whole bunch of people that's going to hit the off button on this podcast right when I said that. Because you want to be blind, you want to stick your head in the sand, you want to be an ostrich and totally ignore the reality of this. But you know tobacco is in no way good for you. You know that. And soon, if your life continues to be somewhat lengthy, you're going to probably encounter a time when you can't smoke. So why not do it now? In the last few years, we have seen smoking be banned in bars and restaurants. Certain towns and cities are banning it in public parks. It's banned on public transportation areas. And it's just a matter of time, I'm sure, before cigarettes and tobacco products are not going to be sold at all, or they're going to be so difficult to get or so expensive that it's not going to be worth your money and your time and certainly your health to continue smoking. I know it's a hard thing. I've personally never smoked tobacco to know how difficult it is to withdraw from it, but I know a number of people who have done it. And again, I'll reference my mother. My mother was a heavy smoker. She smoked a cigarette called Lucky Strikes. They were very potent cigarettes that did not not have filters. And my mother smoked two or three packs of those per day. And my mother died of a horrible cancer because of that. And you see the commercials on TV now of people that can no longer speak because of throat cancer or emphysema, where they have to have oxygen connected to their nostrils throughout their life. There's a movie coming out. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's tied to smoking, but there's a movie that's coming out this summer about a teenage girl who is hooked to oxygen and how that she doesn't let that stop her life and she falls in love, I guess. And it's one of those teen romantic movies. But if you do see that, look at that oxygen connected to her nose. Because even if it's not associated in any way with smoking, that is one of the things that can happen to you if you continue to smoke. You know you got to stop it at some point. You know you have to. Even if you end up from something completely unrelated, you end up being in the hospital or in a nursing home or something, they are not going to let you smoke. They're going to stop you. Or or at the very least, you're going to have to sneak it and and. and bribe people to bring it to you or any number of things. It's not going to be an easy time. So get off of it now. The amazing thing about stopping smoking is that studies have shown that in the first 30 days, even if you've smoked for 30 years, in the first 30 days of not smoking, your lungs begin to heal. And it's somewhere like two years or three years down the road after you've stopped smoking that the effects now are minimal on your respiratory system. You can actually get a fully healthy respiratory system again if you are of the age where you can stop and still live another 25 or 30 years without smoking. Please stop smoking. And I'll reference marijuana only because it is something that is becoming more prevalent in the medical community. And it is also beginning to be legalized in certain areas of the United States. And it is legal in certain other countries of the world that might be listening. 
Marijuana, I will just say this. It's something that you need to talk to your doctor about. It's something that you need to make as a personal decision. Currently, in most of the United States, it is still illegal, or at least it's it's decriminalized, but you're not supposed to be having it. If you possess too much, you can be arrested for it. So tread carefully where marijuana is concerned. I will admit that I am a marijuana smoker at times. I got into the habit of smoking when I had my cancer, and now because of some neuropathy that I constantly have, marijuana helps me with that. Number eight, I've already mentioned it a few times in this podcast, and I've mentioned it a gazillion times before, and I'm always going to fall back on this because this is my big, big, big push to try to get people to do, and you know what it is before I even say it, eat five to ten servings of vegetables and fruits per day. That is, if I can get nothing else accomplished from doing this podcast in the blog, if I can get people to increase their vegetable and fruit servings per day, I will feel like I have accomplished my mission. It is the most important nutrition thing that I know of. Get your vegetables and fruits in you. And you would be very surprised how easy it is to get your fruits and vegetables. I eat at least 10 servings of fruits and vegetables per day. I tend to go more on the vegetable side. I'm not a huge fruit fan, although I'm trying to get fruit more in me. But I get at least 10 servings, if not more, per day. And it's not that hard to do. And there's all different kinds of tastes. There's all different kinds of ways to prepare them. There's all different kinds of pretty colors to be optically appealing to you. So don't poo-poo the idea of vegetables. If, if you're not a fan of it, you still got to give it a try. Hey, I'm not a fan of fish, as I said, and I know fish is good for me. So I am strapping my big boy pants on and I am forging ahead, getting fish at least once a week. I go up to a local fish market and I get the freshest fish I can and I try different kinds and I try different ways of making it. I'm not thrilled, but I know that I need to do it if I want to have optimum health. And the same thing is true of fruits and vegetables. If you want optimum health and you want weight control, you want to feel like you're full, you want to feel energy. You want to eat carbohydrates that are good for you, not those crappy carbohydrates that are going to turn to fat. Fruits and vegetables is going to be the gold key for you. So five to 10 servings of fruits and vegetables per day, please. Number nine, argumentatively, probably the thing that most people say that they don't have time to do, but that is to de-stress and take some and I'm using my little fingers here, me time, in quotation marks, de-stress and take some me time, five hours per week. I'd love to say seven hours, take an hour every day, but there'll be people that argue that and say it's not possible, and if you think it's not possible, then you're not even going to try. So let's say five hours per week. It'd be lovely if it was an hour a day for five days, but if you want stack them all together on the weekend or whatever. It, it doesn't matter. Try to get those five hours of me time. And what I mean by me time is individual time, not necessarily time with your family or your kids. Although if that is a very stressless, relaxing, fun, 
wonderful experience for you to do that, then absolutely count that. But sometimes if you're with your family and you're with your kids, sometimes that can be stressful because kids are yelling and screaming and wanting this and wanting that and your spouse is asking you to do this and that. Sometimes you just need me time. So maybe that's meditation. Maybe that's going for a walk or a hike. Maybe that's in the 21st century. Maybe that's connecting yourself to headphones and to your computer and watching a relaxing movie or listening to music. Whatever it is that de-stresses you personally, try to get at least five hours of that me time because it's becoming clearer and clearer that in the United States, we are one of the most stressed societies in the world. And think what you want about other countries and other religions and other people of the world. Most of them are not stressed like we are. And we can learn something from that. Stress kills. Stress causes high blood pressure. Stress causes heart problems. Stress causes strokes. Stress ages you faster. So trying to find that five hours a week at least is a good little putting your toe in the water of finding ways to reduce the stress level in your life. So please try that. And number 10, the last one, and again, not the most important or the least important, these are all in just random order, is to have some sort of spirituality in your life. And when I say spirituality, I am not necessarily talking about religion. I am not part of an organized religion. I live my life by Buddhist principles in my life, which is caring for other human beings, caring for animals, caring for the planet, trying to be as kind as I can be and as helpful as I can be and as understanding and non-judgmental as I can be. I don't participate in an organized Buddhist tradition necessarily. Once in a while, I will go and go through a ceremony just because I enjoy that time and that experience. But it doesn't have to be religious tied at all. It can just be a general gratitude of life or a general appreciation of life. Sometimes if you can just go off by yourself and you can go into a park or a garden and just look at the wonders of nature, the beautiful flowers, the beautiful smells, the interaction of the birds and the bees and the the animals of the forest and just have an appreciation for being alive. Even as some people will look at this as as a, a new age crazy thing, but I love this. Going up and just wrapping your arms around a big tree and lay your head against the bark and just get a feeling of the world, of, of nature, of what this earth is. I'm not listening to the spirit of the tree or talking to the tree necessarily. I'm just appreciating the beauty of it, the majesty of it, the amazement that this grew up out of the ground and has its own life cycle of having leaves and seeds and the leaves die off and it goes into a stasis through the winter and then it springs back to life. Just having an appreciation for the cycle of life that this planet has, that uplifts your heart, that gives you a more positive attitude about the world. And that 
positive attitude can be so important when you're dealing with difficult times in your life, illnesses or deaths or employment problems or family issues. Having a gratitude, having an appreciation and realizing that you yourself and certainly many of the problems that are currently stressing you are such a minuscule part of the universe as a whole. Sometimes just that knowledge can help relieve some of it. So have some gratitude and appreciation for your life and for the planet. And one of the ways that you can have the best appreciation of your life is to try to incorporate some of the things that I mentioned in this broadcast to try to live the best life that you can. Now, I know that many of you will say that both those things I suggested you've heard a million times before and also that you will come up with reasons why you can't do them. Fine. You know, that's your choice. However, even though you may have heard about this many times from me, many times that you've read, and maybe you've even tried them a little bit, but it warrants you trying again and again and again. Nothing that is worthwhile in this life happens instantaneously. We need a little practice with it. So don't give up. Do the best you can, even if it's just one or two of those things. I think that you will find your life a little bit better. I have a good show coming up for next week. It's almost finished, and I think you will enjoy it. Meanwhile, please be sure to check out an Older Gay Guy Show YouTube channel for an odd and kind of funny video about how a psychic saved my life. You can find that, of course, on an Older Gay Guy Show's YouTube channel. This is Joey Hernandez. Thank you so very much for joining me. You can reach me and make any comments or any concerns or any stories that you want to tell at an older gay guy show at gmail.com. I will be back next week. Until then, my friends, enjoy the beautiful spring. Bye for now. <laughs>